On this episode, the Tau Boys get renewed for season two, and we are joined by assistant men's basketball coach from Army West Point, Zach Bover. Give me that green light. Welcome back to episode 28 of the Green Light Podcast. It is Ian and Paul. We have been uh, renewed by the grace of God for season two. We're back. Had to take a break, recharge the bats, but... uh, no better time than now. No better time than now. Teams uh, are practicing. I mean, shoot, new rules. Everybody practicing like all yeah, the time. Yeah, they basically but, started in August. Um, it's, a, it's insane, really. Everyone is uh, is rolling. We're gonna get some some not so secret scrimmages soon. Oh We're yeah, that's get, a big uh, Jeff Goodman Twitter update. Yep, I think uh, I just saw the list earlier today. So we're we're fully getting the mix. You know, I mean, once that time it's starting once you to get, get a little past, colder. It, it's week six and weeks. So week six or week seven in college football, so shoot, they're halfway done. Means yeah. we're halfway to full confession. I've watched like two and a half college football games, so I'm ready for college basketball season to begin. Uh, obviously, <clears throat> my Duke boys look good. That is coming on later episodes. We have two things to cover. Uh, the biggest thing that we're going to talk about uh, prior to being joined by uh, the assistant coach from Army West Point, uh, Zach Bovair. Uh, we got to talk about this. Scandal update, uh, Dickie V with a nice little, uh, I'm going to go with Dick Bomb instead of Woj Bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we're going to get flagged, like, ep- first episode of the second season, we're going to get flagged because you're so... All right, fine, we'll go Vital Bomb, no, all right, just, fine. you know, for the kids, for the kids. Um, <laughs> so Dickie language. V tweets out, you know, something, oh man, a major coach is going to is gonna get, I don't even know anymore, get named, get indicted, get called out, who knows, but... Really, nothing happened uh, no, that we v- don't know. All right, you know, I, I don't even. I, I, for people paying attention, I think everybody's tired. Um, but the biggest update since we've talked about this last time is obviously Brian Bowen uh, and his father basically uh, coming out and, and airing all the dirty laundry, um, coming to New York and going into f- and 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 testi- uh, testifying saying basically who gave him the money, when they gave it to him, when they offered, what schools it was. Uh, it's nothing that we didn't already no. know or suspect, but it is significant because it's a recruit's father, basically testimony, testifying that, okay, well, here's all the coaches that offered this. Here are all the schools, um, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, the schools that we know about, obviously, Arizona, Creighton, DePaul, LSU, Maryland, Michigan State, NC State, Louisville, USC. Yep. Um, you know, there's still Kansas. There's a couple others that are getting flagged, but I mean, Oregon, obviously, but, you know, they don't really have too much on the, them. The details are interesting because um, Dan Wetzel has been the guy. I guess he's one yeah, of the He's done a very good job. I, he's been in the courtroom, I'm guessing, every day, so he's getting the direct. You know, there, and there's been a few. Um, but some of the thing, I'm going back to last week. Um, one of the things that Bowen Sr. is, and obviously the testimony ran it this week, but one of the th- it basically, I'm just rolling through the timelines. Bowen Sr. said Dawkins told him original offer was sixty thousand to eighty thousand from Adidas to attend Louisville. Was a cr- oh, original offer was for sixty to eighty was increased to a hundred because that is how much Billy Preston got to go to Kansas. So you're showing there's obviously a marketplace. Guys are comparing their value to other guys. Um, you're saying other things. 
he's even saying it's not even just beside. We mentioned all the college teams. Say so he was paid five to eight thousand dollars to play AEU with Mean Streets of Chicago, um, Nike EYBL team. So that's it, the yeah, first. The three ones are the Mean yep. Streets, Indie Spice. I don't even know if it's Spice or Spice. It's got to be it's Spice. Spice. Yeah, Indie Spice, and then the Michigan Mustangs. That's very interesting because they're all three Nike programs. Yep. So it's and like the first time that Nike's really been involved. Mustangs are um, no Mustangs are no not EYBL. They're Adidas. They're Adidas. Oh, Twenty five thousand with Michigan Mustangs. Um, said money came from Dawkins and Adidas is Chris Rivers, who has been in play. And the thing that was interesting today is that he had no problem throwing some of these schools under the bus. But then when they asked him um, things about like with Oregon, so obviously Oregon's the biggest like Nike name there because mm-hmm. of obviously the the ties and. Um, Everything he he said. Do not recall discussing anything with Dawkins, even though he's already on the record with the FBI, saying basically what Oregon offered everything. When it came up in court, he said, "It was like Oregon." I did not recall. I don't. I don't recall that. I don't recall that. But some of the other things is Creighton would pay. So here is the basically the laundry list of all of those. Um, Kenny Johnson from Louisville paid his family thirteen hundred dollars. Jordan Fair, the other assistant, they got fired nine hundred dollars. Um, and then basically the offers that were presented to him by Christian Dawkins or Arizona would pay $50,000 via coach Pasternak, who's now at UC Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. which now, so that brings another school into the fold of their hands are all, say, tied, but raises questions of what they do with him. Um, Oklahoma state would pay 150,000, 8,000 for a car. And, and then quote some undisclosed amount to buy a house via assistant coach Lamont Evans. who is now the head coach. Uh, at Oregon State, Dawkins told him Texas would Texas would help me with housing via assistant coach Mike Morell. So he's naming assistants with some of these. Uh, and then this is an interesting one for me because I think a lot of people you you wouldn't really suspect Creighton if you're just a casual fan. You think it's like oh Creighton's just out in the Creighton's middle of like uh, Creighton's a weird one. They're in the mountain middle of the Midwest. It's a uh, McDermott runs a clean pro. Said Creighton would pay a hundred thousand dollars and a good job, like a lucrative job, via assistant coach Preston Murphy. Um, and then, and then Preston's it says, a for, URI guy. He is a URI, actually a uh, BC, BC guy. Oh, BC yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Northeast um, native. But and this is as for any offer, the University of Oregon, Bowen Senior did not recall discussing anything with Dawkins. So those are all thrown. It, it's interesting because you're getting this on the on the record, and what I think the biggest. We'll see if it actually takes action or not. One of the biggest rule changes in, in the, um, from the, the Commission on College Basketball was the ability for the NCAA to take the findings from a legal investigation and basically apply everything found from there without them doing any groundwork themselves. Yeah, so that's super interesting because the FBI, bas- the FBI basically stated that this is not going to be done until the end of 19 at best, maybe even 2020. So the NCAA literally is not going to do anything for another year and a half, two years. They're just um, like in a holding pattern. Yeah, almost. they're literally just sitting there waiting for the FBI to, to conduct their you know, business. The only thing that changes a little with, you know, the Condoleezza Rice uh, investigation is that now the NCAA can do their own probe without having, a, you know, some other organization, uh, you know, like the FBI yeah. uh, having to do I it. I mean, so it the gives NCAA, them an investigative arm that they don't have. Yes, exactly. They don't, they don't have, they can't subpoena. Yep. Uh, yep. They don't have subpoena power. They can't, like, wiretap. Like, yeah. the NCAA can't do that. So, like, basically they're saying, all right, well, you do our dirty work, at FBI, and we'll take your findings. Now, the timetable of that's what remains to be seen. But. And it's also very interesting, like, the argument. Like, I keep, we just keep coming back, like um, Gatto basically said in court today, I didn't break a law. 
That's his I, whole case I is broke, built on. Yeah. yeah, I broke NCAA rules. Th- those like aren't laws. the first thing. Also, yeah. and, before we move into that, I think it's hilarious. If anyone doesn't know, Jim Gatto's dad is representing him in court. So Jim got a senior. So I, I just have this funny image up there of like, yeah, this, like my this son broke son. Some, my son broke some rules, yeah, but they're yeah. not laws. But they're not like laws. that's. But that's been their case from the second he got on the stand or the second they got up there. Yeah, he, he's breaking NCAA rules, but that doesn't mean I'm breaking the law. And I don't disagree. Um, and if we're all being honest and realistic, it is the nature of the beast in order to do this. Um, I, you know, I, I will never put stock in the argument that the college somehow is the victim here, that the college didn't. Um, that, that's really the case. You have to make Louisville the victim. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, this is all this is all in in they're all in cahoots. And that's what I think the case, the prosecution is trying I, to show I'm that they're I just de- feel old for saying cahoots. But keep going. No, I said. Is that a weird so, thing no, to say? That's, that's fair. I think it's, no, I think it's a fair point. But the thing that's interesting is their prosecution's building the case that they're out to essentially, in quotes, like defraud the universities. And at the and their his basically defense is like, no, I'm doing this to help the universities because by helping the university, then it helps my company. Yeah, I'm and working helps, for them. And like this is it's not and, and to be fair, like World Code has a point there. Like it's 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 pretty clear and simple. He's not trying. He's like, oh, I'm gonna pay this player to then throw the University of Louisville under the bus. No, it doesn't no. work. That's your flagship school. Yeah, you're trying to build Everybody them up, wins. and you're trying to take those players and then keep them as Adidas clients, keep them as Adidas athletes. It's just it's it's, it's the nature of the beast, and that's why it's weird. Obviously, everyone's aware that the FBI is even getting involved in it. Yeah. Um, I mean, hopefully the sport will be better at the end of the day because of it. But it's it's an interesting take, and I, I get the stance, and I, it's going to be very hard, I feel like, to to pin serious stuff against Jim Gow. I mean, if it is, like, yeah, there are rules, but it's it's the NCAA. Everything in the NCAA is... Yeah, to, to me, is. you know, it, everybody wins. The player gets money that otherwise they would not have been able to get by, you know, enrolling in a university and playing. Uh, the university gets the player that they want, and the shoe company, you know, funnels the player to the school that they um, obviously supply with gear in hopes that when they go pro, they sign with Adidas or Nike or Under Armour or whatever it is. And the one thing I do want to make clear with all these offers as well is that these are offers, most pretty much all of these. Some of them, he does say that they came from an assistant, or they obviously he said Pasternak is doing this, right? But he's clarifying that's what Christian Dawkins told or relaying to him from that assistant. Yeah. So essentially, um, Brian, Bowen, Brian Bowen's dad is saying, all right, Christian Dawkins told me that Joe Pasternak was willing to pay $100,000, or Christian Dawkins told me Texas is willing to do this. So... Whether it remains to be seen whether or not, say, Joe Pasternak, that did happen, he can he he's like oh can he basically deny that and say like no like there's no proof of me ever telling Christian Dawkins that like that's a guy that is a shady character and to begin yeah. with that's just we talked about that uh, in in prior episodes like this is just hearsay like prove it. The last really point there's a couple make, yeah. that, that you can prove for sure like with if you have you know if you're if you're um if you have the recording on a cell phone or if you have yeah. text messages or emails which they do have on some people that's but what otherwise I wish. it's like uh that's why if i'm one of these guys take my cell phone take my text messages my emails take everything say this is all i've got if you want to find it it's not there so 
I get obviously a lawyer is probably not going to advise that to just throw everything out there. But if these dudes are, I mean, they're staying quiet because at the end of the day, a lot of this stuff is covered up and there's no, as a lot of people say with Rick Pitino, it's, um, and, and I think Merle Code said it, it was like Pitino doesn't know everything because he's telling his assistants he doesn't want to know. So he has plausible deniability. And that's probably the case with a lot of people. What? All right, you okay? You give me these players. I don't want to know how you're doing it. There's, there's your. Plausible I feel like deniability. everyone's saying plausible deniability though. Like there's that's they, the name of the game. That's the name from, of the game. Well, the assistants deniability. didn't know the ops guy. The ops guy didn't know the GA. The, the GA manager went manager. rogue. The manager <laughs> went rogue. Like I will not have people talk down on managers' names. I'm not having it come down to the manager. And who knows? I mean, the the last one I will make. And I'm not. It's not. It's just maybe an indirect shot. It's maybe not fair to. Uh, to, to former Virginia coach Dave Leto at DePaul. Uh, but one interesting thing that ties back to this is, so we team talked team. about the AAU. One of the AAU coaches that offered money is now a DePaul assistant. Uh, and then La Lumiere, who or Brian Bowen played. Sweet name. Awesome, awesome program and really good school. That coach who was paying him to play at La Lumiere also got hired at DePaul staff. Yeah, Dave Leto couldn't land any recruits. Still didn't so get it. It's a tough. It's a tough look, um, and uh, it show. I mean, really, it's it's something that you wonder. I'm not saying high school guys are getting jobs because they're able to land kids, but you look there when you see that there's a connection there, and you see that there the guys are just getting a a big time job immediately. There's more likely than not. There's a lot of things that are that are going on, um, and it's just interesting tie that both of those guys that are implicated in this both end up with with staff jobs there. So not throwing anybody, not naming any names, throwing them bust, but things things line up. And um, and staying on that uh, that thread in terms of recruiting, obviously there's a lot of discord and there's a lot of uh, things being reported in this in in the court in this case. But nothing has changed in the landscape of college basketball recruiting. Nothing. Literally I mean, the, nothing. The top 100 is we an talked. We joke. were texting about what we wanted to talk about today. And we are like, oh, we, what about like recruiting? I was like, how about the top two teams on 24-7's recruiting are two of arguably the original names that came out in, um, in when this all broke a year ago. The USC... Uh, which was, I think, I mean, we haven't heard a lot of after after USC other than like the original reports of them being involved. But yep. then the number two team, and shout out to Chris Mack for doing this. Obviously, yeah, Patino's yeah, out yeah. of there. But the Louisville Cardinals are, have the number two ranked recruiting class in the country. They have five kids committed, four of them being four stars already for the 2019 class. Nothing has changed. Nothing. Not with and Arizona. You can go even farther. Than yeah, that. Like yeah, yeah. Arizona has two top 100 kids. USC has. Three top 100 kids. Auburn has a top 100 kid. NC State has a top 100 kid. Louisville, just like you said, has five. Um, Oklahoma State, who's been uh, named, has it. Uh, has a couple kids in the top 100. I mean, so what is it doing? You know, like what is it? Is it a is it making any sort of effect, or are kids just saying because they know? Uh, hey, look, nothing's gonna happen for another two years. By then. Who knows, you know, where I'll be or hopefully I'm, I'll be in the NBA. Um, what is this all? Does it, does it have any effect? I mean, I this I mean, proves to Arizona's, me that it doesn't right Arizona is the biggest surprise for me because yeah. I thought Arizona, and you look at their roster currently, I think this year they're going to take a hit. They, they're not going to be as good this year because they've lost 
they've obviously Aiton, um, yeah, you get Alonzo Trier, Raw Hawkins. Those guys are left, and they lost recruits that were supposed to come in this year and yeah. went elsewhere. Sure, but then that you take it basically a year back and you reload with a kid like Nico Mannion yeah. and who Josh else? Green. Josh Green. Yeah. Yep. So they're reloading with guys, and it's like, all right, yeah, we're and I guess if you're Sean Miller, you're probably like, hey. You saw my name's clear. Like, there's nothing yeah, going on. This is where we are. Come to Arizona. You get your pitch right back. And then I think, honestly, the more I think about it, Louisville and Chris Mack might even have the strongest case of anybody because he can go to them and say, you know what? The Everything, all, all that's behind us. Patino's gone. We have a new AD. The banner has already been taken down. We've already served our time. This is a new era in Louisville basketball. And then the biggest things, we still have the facilities. We still have an unbelievable fan base where basketball runs everything in Louisville. And then Chris Mack himself, obviously he's a charismatic dude. He recruits well. He did wonders with, uh, with Xavier. He's a hell of a coach. People are buying into Chris Mack. And obviously Louisville, I think, in my mind, Louisville is a top five, easy top ten program, I think, in the country. Um, so Easily. it should be good. Easily. So if, if you can convince these guys – I was like, hey, no, that's the pass. Like, I wouldn't take – if I'm Chris Mack, I'm saying I wouldn't take this job if I wasn't certain that we're clear and we're into a new era. Yeah. And good for him because he's got a lot yeah, of good players. Leave, you can't leave Xavier um, even for Louisville and, and, and not know that we're going to be okay. Yeah. You know no, like I mean? he, and if people he, are throwing out, like, some why, of these yeah. schools getting the death penalty, yeah, right. That's what happen. people need to understand. It's counterintuitive and counterproductive for the NCAA to punish – some of their premier programs. They're not going to do it. They won't. Some random school is going to take the fall from this. Yeah. Some random one. Like like DePaul or Creighton. Those ones will take the fall. You, you think Arizona is not going to be able to go to the NCAA tournament for four years? Dude. Or Louisville? Are you nuts? It's not going to happen. Um, one thing that has been just fantastic to see is uh, Rick Petuito, uh yes. is on Twitter. Um, I... <laughs> I I wouldn't you know if I was a uh, consultant or an advisor I'm not sure I would say do this, but you know now he's we're, getting his th- takes out. He's getting his takes out, and now we have uh, we got some competition in the podcast game. Uh, you know he has Billy Donovan on as his first coach, so that's uh, quite impressive. Um, we're gonna release the same day. So this he tweeted it today. It's coming out tomorrow. We're probably aka yeah, Wednesday. Like right, yeah, we're probably right, gonna release this Wednesday. So come yeah. at us, Rick Patino. We're going yeah. head to head. The Patino Press, I believe it's called. Well, you know, we're the Greenlight Podcast. So what's up? Um, we almost. I, when if I was, you don't I follow him, year, we almost beat. Uh, we almost beat Rick Patino um, in Louisville. Yeah, in, uh, I know you guys. Day after it. Thanksgiving. Yeah, so this I is my know. redemption story. Um, if you are not following him, please follow Real Patino uh, on Twitter. It's, uh, it's. Do you think I'm it's fully it's him tweeting? Um, I don't know, but what? <laughs> I'm just scrolling through his Twitter now, and it's like he literally tweeted, "Watch my ex." Wait, wait, scroll up. Watch my ex-ball boy with the Knicks and assistant coach of Louisville, Steve Maciel's team today at Manhattan, blah, blah, blah. Like, why you got to call him an ex-ball boy, though? Like, that's everybody that's has tough their, luck. You know what I mean? Everybody has their start. Like, why is he got to be an ex-ball boy now? Um, yeah, so just then, go follow yeah. him. I mean, he's... he. He's, it's like The only thing... The real Bayheim. It's funny because the one person, and I know... Mark Titus and, and the One Shining Pie guys bring this up all the time that the one guy that's had Patino's back through all this is Dickie V. Yeah. And 
It's so funny. If you look at... Is he at, gone now, or is he still backing him up? He's still... I think he's still backing him up. And I still think he says his name is going to be cleared. But one of the funniest tweets today, obviously, the Rick Pitino stuff has been been pretty comical. But Dickie V had a tweet two hours ago. And I just saw this as, as oh we're taping. Oh, my God. And he says, in quotes, It is so sad reading testimony of Brian Bowen Sr. selling his son like... Like a piece of meat. Yep. Man, how does he sleep at night? Even sadder hearing about the sleaze balls that wheel and deal to hustle kids with a link to CBS Sports. And, it, I mean... What oh, do you, oh, my God. I have the, so much, so much v, wrong with that. At Dickie V so combined with, with uh, Rick Pitino together, taking the internet by storm. Dickie V already has the most electric periscopes, if you ever watched uh, that. they're truly, I, truly terrible. If electric you, is another good synonym for terrible. It's unbelievable. I don't know if, if you dive into it, Barstool they're Big Cat will awful. actually uh, get in there and police people around for using curse words in the comment section. Yeah. So it's a really yeah. a, a fun time. If, you ever, if you're ever looking for mindless entertainment, just watch Dickie V's uh, periscopes. But those are two guys that are... Must-follows. Must-follows and... But Let's break same. this tweet down. It is so sad reading testimony of Brian Bowen Sr. selling his son like a piece of meat. No, wrong. The entire uh, structure of athletics in college is is awful. We obviously know that. He's not selling his son like a piece of meat. He is entering a marketplace and getting what he can get. And absolutely he should take $100,000 if he gets it. Are you nuts? $100,000. And they actually, they brought that up in the case today. One of the quotes, I think it was Jim Gatto Sr., so Gatto's dad, said something to the effect of, and I know the, the guy word he used was pimping your son out. He's like, how do you feel you've been pimping your son out since 15 years old? I just disagree with that entire sentiment. It's, look, if you're good, you only have, especially athletics, especially athletics, you have a very small window to not only make it, make it, you know, and make millions of dollars and live the dream and 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 be able to do whatever you want. But if like Brian Bowen, we haven't even said this. Brian Bowen, if Brian Bowen's getting a hundred thousand, oh my God, what's, are you nuts? What are the guy? What are the, guy, Zion, what are the real Zion, dudes getting? What's Zion get? What is Zion? No, 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 not what is Zion get? What did Zion investigate get? this man? What did Zion get? He probably got a half a mil. A Bentley, a, a new house, whatever and you want. Right now, Brian Bowen's playing for the Sydney Kings. Yeah, um, yeah. In Australia, right? McDonald's All American, Jordan Brand Classic MVP. Kids from Saginaw, Michigan. Hundred thousand dollars goes a long way in a Saginaw, Michigan. A long way. And the thing I think is interesting. I've heard this a lot of people. It's who's to say that he didn't, his dad didn't take money from these other schools? Because who's he going to go to? If, if like you say, say Oregon did offer that astronomical number. Say Oregon offered one hundred fifty thousand. What's Brian Bowen to not take that money, pocket it, and say, I'm still going to go to Louisville because I want to go to Louisville? Who's, who's Oregon going to rat him out to? Is Oregon going to go? It was like, hey, we offer, we gave this guy all this money to come play here. Oh, no, you sure. can't tell exactly. anyone. And you so that's why the whole the web of everything is pretty wild. I mean, you can't tell Here we anyone. are over a year after everything broke. I still don't think we're in a, a better position than we were last year. I don't no, think any, it's the same position. Nothing has, nothing changed, has changed except Rick we, Pitino's not coaching and he's now a Twitter personality. That's it. And I, I do have his book. I'm that's excited to read uh, this book on his flight to Cali this week because... Um, oh, is this the brand new one? Brand new Patino oh, book. Shout out to wifey picking up the Amazon bookstore. Um, wow. But uh, yeah, so going to get a little light reading in on the way to, uh, to, to Cali. Um, but yeah, 
That's that's where I we think are. That's where we're at right now. Nothing has changed. Rick Pitino's on Twitter. Gonna Dickie, move on. Dickie V is still yeah. Dickie V. Um, Next episode, we're gonna try and hopefully be able to move on a little bit from the scandal stuff. And yeah, just that'd be cool. Talk we actual talk hoops. About basketball. That'd be talk sweet. hoops. Um, but seriously, tweet at us at the Green Light Pod. Um, let us Green know. Light Pod One. Green Light Pod One. I apologize. Yep. We don't own the rights um, to the <laughs> real name, but we'll figure that out. Um, hopefully. New stuff coming at you. Maybe a new logo. Maybe Perhaps uh, a new logo. Maybe some gear for you guys. Maybe some gear. Something like that. Can we do that? Um, but at the end of the day, want to know what you guys want to hear about. We don't want to do just our a top 25 of who we think's the best, but want to uh, to mix some things up. Maybe get some some video content, some Instagram vids, some rapid reaction, live live video stuff after games. Need um, that. Need that. And uh, go from there. But super excited about the season. Um, and now without guys, further ado, yeah, though, you guys can stop listening to us ramble. Uh, ramble, and you can listen to an absolute. Let me tell you something. This guy, I truly, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I've admired uh, him from afar. This dude has has worked his way through college basketball. He will be a head coach uh, whenever he wants, uh, very soon. He is an X's and O's genius and a really good dude. Uh, without further ado, we are joined by assistant men's basketball coach from Army West Point, uh, Coach Zach. Bovair. All right, we are now joined by assistant men's basketball coach at Army, Zach Bovair. Zach, welcome to the show, man. Really appreciate you coming on. Um, I know that you just got uh, you just got home and wifey ate uh, your leftovers, so I appreciate you uh, you sticking through the hunger right now. Yeah, no, it was certainly uh, certainly threw a wrench into the plans, but no, I appreciate you having me on. This will be uh, looking forward to it. Is this the first time that uh, your girl has been mentioned on the podcast, on any podcast? I don't think so. I think... Uh, <laughs> has she ate you know, left your leftovers uh, before? I, 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 first, time, first time with the leftovers, not the first time with, uh, with the podcast. I think, I think she's got a shout-out. We're talking about um, <laughs> on uh, Create Your Shot. I think we're talking about... Uh, she's actually a field hockey coach, and so ah. we're talking about the advantages to having another, you know, to having... Uh, you know, girlfriend working in uh, working in coaching, kind of understanding what you're going through a little bit, and so I, I think that I think that's come up before. Nice. Hey, at least the one positive, at least in the off season, it's not coming back after a uh, some a, a film review session after maybe a road trip or something. At least uh, at least the timing is could is uh, is better than it could be. Exactly, exactly. So uh, we we get that. I guess that's the one positive in it. Yeah, no doubt. So, um, you know, for the people that don't know you, I- I'm going to I'm going to actually give them a quick rundown. You know, you went to Fordham. Uh, you worked for Hoop Group for a while. Then you went to Fairleigh Dickinson. That's where you and I connected when I was at Central Then uh, Iona, Maine. And then uh, obviously now at Army. Um, the first question, which, you know, that that's kind of the quick rundown. But the first question for me is, how important do you think it is for up-and-coming coaches to work at a place like Hoop Group? You know, I think um, I learned so much from the Hoop Group and from Rob Kennedy. And, and it's it, one thing that's so hard is uh, I know enough in this business how hard it is to get jobs. Um, it's just it's hard for young guys to cr- find a way into coaching. And the hoop group just year after year, um, so many Rob's guys have been able to find a home in college coaching. So I just, you know, every year it's amazing to me how many of those guys can find a role. And I think 
one reason it is, and Hoop Group's not the only place, but I think on the East Coast is the one that's had the most success, you know, landing guys opportunities. And I, I think one thing is it really allows you to take a step back and really kind of build relationships with important people, not only the college coaches, but more importantly, um, the AU coaches and the high school coaches. It allows you to build a rapport and build relationships and connections with those guys that can really set you up to be successful and it gives people confidence that you can get on the road and recruit. Um, something that I always say is um, for a young guy, the biggest jump, the biggest challenge, I should say, isn't going from that operations guy to being a third assistant or, or I should say the biggest operation, the biggest challenge isn't recruiting as that third assistant. The biggest challenge is to convincing someone that you can make that jump and that you can recruit, yeah. because a lot of times you you know you just you don't know and you're, you're working as an operations guy and maybe only a couple only three assistants and a head coach on your staff know how good of a job you're doing. So a lot of times it's really hard just convincing someone that you can make that jump and you can build those connections. And I think working at the hoop group for me. Um, you know, gave Tim Kloos the confidence who I'd worked for prior. You know that I had built those relationships, and I could recruit at that at that uh, at the mid-major level. And so that gave it. You know, I think that's the biggest thing is it just gives you the ability to build contacts and build relationships, and uh, eventually, you know, you know, convinces someone to, hey, I think someone, I think this guy can do this role and move into an assistant spot. Yeah, no, I think you're spot on. Um, you know, obviously in this business, uh, almost more than any other business uh, in the world, it's all about relationships and contacts. Um, we've had a bunch of assistants on the pod before and asked them, you know, especially guys that have kind of stayed in a similar uh, geographical location. Um, is that something that you have consciously thought about, or do you think it's because of who you met at Hoop Group that you've kind of stayed in the Northeast, or or do you love the Northeast? And that's that's a well, conscious man, decision. Well, I'll tell you right now, when you look at a map, their main is uh, is fringe, and that's about as north that's about <laughs> north and east as you can yeah, get. That yeah. was a, you know that was obviously being from the state that was a little bit different. It hasn't been something that, you know it, it really it hasn't been something that I said hey I definitely want to do this. It's an amazing story, actually. Of uh, I took a job out at USC and um, through a kind of bit of craziness with uh, kooky NCA rules, I actually, uh, you know, never actually ended up uh, earning a paycheck from USC. So I've had, you know, there have been times when I've looked out of the area, and you know, and so I'm not saying, hey, I, you know, I'm exclusively the Northeast, but it's just it's a point like you said, it's where my contacts are, and so you know, at the end of the day, it's where my job opportunities have come. They've come in the Northeast. Um, it's also the place where I feel I've built the biggest recruit contacts which leads to you know having success in that area but by you know i don't i, I at no point have i said oh i'm only gonna i'm only gonna work in this in this area um i think you know you'd be sheltering yourself if you if you thought that but i i, I do like it i do like that uh especially living here in the new york area you can find a good you can find a good uh you know chicken spot anytime of night you can find a good burger wings whatever you need um so i do i do love living in the new york city area which is um since i went to college in 2006 i've actually lived i would say in and around new york for the greater majority of that time that yeah that is i mean that's pretty serious i mean i think you think about it um and i think a lot of people would be surprised at how close army really is to the city i know when i moved up here like from moving from virginia and going to school in ohio i had no idea how close west point really was and you're really a stone's throw away from uh 
from uh, from here. Everything's pretty pretty tight geographically. But um, on top of that, obviously, um, sticking to tri-state and coaching, I know one of the other things that really has been incredibly impressive to me that I want to touch on is is uh, pickandpop.net. And for, for those that um, don't know, it's pickandpop.net, site run by Zach. It's everything from you got X's and O's, articles, coaching resources, clinic notes, motivational t- things. Everything is really impressive. I have no idea how you do that as a full-time individual and basketball coach, um, but everything from obviously a coaching notebook, some of the best podcasts that you heard over the month, um, really, really cool site. Talk a little bit about how that came to be. What was your kind of your inspiration for that and uh, what, what you kind of look to, uh, to do with it? Yeah, the site's kind of born out of, uh, you know, it was kind of a networking opportunity or networking technique. I had started the, all the way back when I was a manager um, of just, you know, I was, I was convinced, I was thoroughly convinced um, that by the time I, I would say my sophomore year of Fordham, I, I knew I wanted to get into coaching and I was thoroughly convinced at that time. And so it was just a networking. It was just, I was trying to send as many letters as possible. And somehow, I don't know if I was told that it was probably, you know, I, I haven't come up with a good idea yet. So it was probably told to me. Someone gave me the advice, but <laughs> since I came up with the idea of, all right, well, what, what can, what, how can I get a bigger, better hit rate on these, on these letters I'm sending? And one way I thought of was if I, uh, you know, if I include some clinic notes in it. So I was going to all these clinics, trying to learn as much as I can because, you know, I was really committed to that. And so then I'd type up the clinic notes and I'd send them, I'd, you know, I'd not only send the coach a note, but I'd send them a copy of the clinic notes. And then, um, and then you know, I would go to another clinic and I'd send the same coach another note. So, because, you know, I had kind of, um, I had a, arsenal coaches that i'd gotten a chance to meet and so i was sending notes about once every two weeks once every three weeks and uh you know i include clinic notes with it and from there it kind of bore into like all right and then i was putting stuff online and i was putting stuff on a i started a youtube page where i could just share at the end of the day it's what i love to do what's i love to watch film i love to you know i love to watch clinics and write type them up and do that so it's part of me whereas i want to share and then Bob Walsh, who I work for at University of Maine, who uh, who's just a fantastic coach and a fantastic um, div- boss, I, I should say, yeah. as a boss lawyer, he was just a fantastic person for me to work for because he was always pushing me to expand. He's always, he's always, you know, he took a part of his job, which is just different than, you know, I've worked for enough guys where, and, and unfortunately I work for one now who views it the same where part of his job was the development and cultivating the talent of his assistant coaches and so Bob was terrific he'd tell you what you needed to hear he'd he'd coach you up he wanted you to be better and one of his things was we're talking and at that point I'd been putting stuff out on a YouTube page I've been sharing it with a monthly newsletter and you know he said Zach you know you should really think about putting it on paper and at first I was uh, and when he said on paper he meant obviously publishing a website first I was a a little bit hesitant but he really kind of pushed me, you know, thinking it was a good idea, and, you know, three years later, um, going on going on four years, um, I really, I'm, I'm proud of how the site's grown, um, it's so, it's neat to me that it can have an impact on coaches, and that people can, you know, coaches can use what they learn on the site, and use it to help their programs, and it's allowed me to build relationships and connections with guys, which I think is really cool, you, you know, uh, you know, throughout the world and throughout the country, just build relationships with those guys where they can, they find, you know, they find value in it. So I've really, uh, I'm really happy with how the site's grown. 
Yeah, man, I, I uh, you know, I'd be lying if I if I didn't say I was I was jealous of you. I, this is a fantastic idea, and I'm I'm giving you all the credit, no matter how many great mentors you had, because you're the one who executes it. So I, I've uh, I've certainly admired the website from afar. Um, I read it uh, at least once every week, once every two weeks, just to see what the heck you're talking about to make sure I know what I'm talking about. Because <clears throat> if, if, it's, if, if it's something that you're, and I mean this sincerely, like if it's something that you are putting out there, then I know it's really, really good. Um, I'm also jealous that you got to you know, work for Coach Walsh. I've only got to meet him a couple times when I was at Providence. He, he's unbelievable. I think one of my favorite things um, of him is that he's just really honest and funny and especially on Twitter you know like when he got fired he, he had jokes the ne- in within like the next I, I don't know I don't know the timetable but he was joking about it on Twitter as if like I, I don't know if it's just he has a great perspective on it or if he just understands that yes it's a part of it that you get fired in this industry and it is what it is I was happy to see him land on his feet obviously at IMG but um I mean, is that kind of why he pushed you to do that? Just because he himself was, he obviously has his blog. He's, he's, he's one of the most active, you know, uh, uh, head coaches on, on Twitter. I mean, I can't think of anyone else more active. He has this, he has this unique ability to never take himself too seriously in that he just, he, he, and he's also very literal and he's very, and he wanted, and he approached things that, he wanted you to do what was best for you, and he said, "Zach, I, you know, with the blog, it was essentially it was Zach. I think this will help your career. Why wouldn't you do this?" And I think he thinks of things very literally, and that's kind of I think his kind of demeanor after getting let go at Maine, which is you know he he understood he you know he understood he didn't win enough games at the end of the day. He was proud of some of he's proud of things they accomplished. He, he understood that there wasn't um, at the end of the day there wasn't enough success, but he, so he took a very literal approach to it of that. He was proud of what they did. He wished they had won more. He was proud of things, the relationships he built with the players. And he was, you know, as soon as it was done, he, he had moved on, and he wasn't gonna, he wasn't gonna, um, you know, pretend to be more angry than he was because he thought that's how coaches should act. And, and so he, uh, at the end of the day, I think he he has an ability to not take himself too too seriously with it. Yep. Yeah. No doubt. Um... Transitioning to a uh, you know a crazy topic that has basically taken over college basketball, um, you know a lot of a lot more news, not necessarily different news or anything that we didn't uh, already know or already <laughs> suspect. But um, you know what are your what are your thoughts on the? I guess we're just calling it the the ever evolving NCAA scandal. Um, you know it, it's it's certainly different from you know Army, Maine, Iona to you know Duke, Kansas, and Kentucky, but. You know, it, it, what are your overall thoughts on it? Do you think it, it, things are going to change, or is it just kind of another another story? You know, it, it, and I, I, you know, it, it's a busy time of year for us, so I, w- I wish I was, you know, um, I was kind of more up to the date with the day to day. And I know today was an interesting day because uh, now I don't know when this is going to release. But you know, uh, Bowen's dad spoke again today, um, so it's. You know, obviously, I'm not privy to you know the exact you know up to the minute details of it, but uh, it's just been interesting to kind of follow and to kind of see what comes out of this because at the end of the day, um, this is now going on a year, yeah. and it's just amazing. You know, it seems like so long ago that it, it wasn't that much more than a year ago that you know the raid happened and everybody you know it kind of taken over college basketball, and at a certain point. 
you look up and you say, all right, like what, like when are we going to find out what it, what exactly happened uh, and what occurs because it's just another day. It doesn't see, I don't see much has changed since that day when obviously what led to Patino being let go to, you know, whatever, what went on that day since that happened. Not much has happened, but there's been a lot of talk, if that makes sense. And at a certain point, you just wonder, is, is it just going to be talk or are there actual changes going to be made? Um, the changes that the NCA has proposed with the recruiting calendar, I think, are silly. Um, I think it is. it doesn't make any sense. I think it's misguided. Um, we can get into that a little bit, but uh, I just so I think some of those some of those changes they made to the recruiting calendar are just kind of silly. Um, that was obviously a result of Condoleezza Rice looking into it, and uh, Condoleezza Rice, um, you know, kind of was a result of the FBI probe. Zach, you have an incredible mind because there's some way, and that was the best segue I could have asked for. The next topic on my list, it was literally what you thought of the July recruiting changes that are yeah. coming from this. And I spent, I, when I was at, at Crossover this past year, it was my first time really being around Nike EYBL, um, Adidas Gauntlet. I hadn't really spent much time around there. But for me, it was an interesting kind of see how that operates, see how um, different programs operate and, and just this, the landscape of things. And at least from my perspective, the changes that were made, and obviously I, I'm getting from yours as well, it doesn't seem like it's it obviously is moving in the right direction. Um, it yeah. seems like it's it's taking things that taking things away that don't need to be taken away, and team it's putting it's basically passing things off in a different direction that's not really necessary. So, I mean, if it, obviously if you were in that position to, um, to to really dictate the recruiting calendar, would you keep it the same as it is now? Obviously, I, you, know, you won't go and go in the direction that that they're going in, but how would you design it in your mind? Here, here's what I and well, I'm going to take a kind of a bigger picture, and then I'm going to narrow it back in. Um, the vast majority of problems when you when you discuss. The, the, the things that occur that the FBI is looking at, the vast majority of those problems occur with the elite of the elite players, the, mm-hmm. the very best, uh, the best of the best, yep. because those are the ones that agents are willing to pay to are willing that are going to go to all any lengths to procure and to, to secure that they are with their agency. So that is the problem. The problem needs to be centered around the elite of the elite in the approach the NCA took. Rather than focusing on those top 25, because at the end of the day, not that those kids have it are wrong and not that those kids have anything bad about them, but those are the top, those, those top 25 kids are the ones that people and agents are going to be willing to cheat and pay for, if that makes sense. Yeah. And the NCA changes that they made impact so much more than those 25 and they actually harm all they harm, the people they harm the most are so far away from those top 25 it's ridiculous so what they took is they had what right what is going on right now is essentially what's a top 25 problem and they've only when said what they did was they harmed the kid trying to land a low division one scholarship though that's the kid that's gonna be hurt by it yeah um I think part of it has to do with just the way the system is set up 
in that. Um, and, and I'm going way too far big picture probably than you guys would like here, but I'm just going to No, 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 in. keep going. Um, part, the heart of the problem is that America has a very unique setup with athletics, their marriage between athletics and academics, yep. and no other in no other part of the country is is that does that marriage exist? So you get a very awkward um, relationship at times between a kid having to attend a school to play sports there, and so what it's what's happened is. Um, and especially with the NBA age age limit, essentially mandating a player to spend a year in, in college or at least a year after high school graduation before they can enter the league. So essentially what ends up happening is there are kids that have no desire at all to go to college mm-hmm. or in their, their agents and their NBA teams that want to pay those guys now. Why don't we just let them be paid now? Mm-hmm. Why don't we just let you know? That's part of the problem. That's the crux of the problem. Is at that at this point, teams and agents have identified them as guys they want they want as professionals, and but we're making them spend a year in transition. And what occurs is people, those agents are going to keep working while they're in school. So um, I think that's born out of um, that relationship between academics and athletics that exists in America, but nowhere else in the world. So I know I kind of went big picture on you there, but that's kind of where it starts for me. And that I think the rules they put in um, just affect, they have a top 25 problem. Instead, they just, uh, they kind of reinvented the whole system that wasn't, and it wasn't necessary at all. Assuming that the NBA, um, which I think we all, I don't know if it's been 100% confirmed, but we all think they're going to get rid of the one and done rule here. And I think 2020 when the next CBA is up, but um, assuming they get rid of that, is that something that you're in favor of to just go back to? Absolutely. Why not give, why not give the, why not give kids the ability if they have the ability to do it, if someone will pay, why why not, why not? There's a fantastic book about the age, the high school, the pros, dilemma and the, that, that whole age that started with Kevin Garnett in 1995 mm-hmm. uh, declaring for the draft um, at a high school, first first high schooler in 20 years uh, since Bill Willoughby, I believe, um, to declare for the NBA draft. And it spanned from Kevin Garnett all the way to the last class, which I believe was 2004. Um, it's a fantastic book um, called Boys of Men. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, it's a terrific book just kind of explaining essentially what he gets to at the heart of that is it really isn't a problem. They fixed something that wasn't broken um, with the NBA mandating. Yes, there were busts, but the, you know, the NBA NBA GMs didn't discriminate in busts. You know, there were there were busts going from high school to college, just high school to pros, just like there were busts that were four-year college players, just like there were busts that were Europeans to pros. So it just they, they fixed something that wasn't necessarily broken. Mm-hmm. Now you can you can argue. That the college, the NCA, the power of the NCA, kind of uh, you know ended up weighing in on that and kind of influencing the NBA to do that. But then the day, I do think in 2020, the game will be better for if you if we just allow these elite players to go right to the NBA. Uh, the NBA teams do want to draft them. Yep, no doubt. Um, do you think, or maybe I'll make a statement and you'll agree or disagree? Uh, in the year 2032. Uh, the United States will adopt the European um, amateur sports model, and the NCAA. The NCAA will govern Division three and Division two athletics only. Um, I think there will be major changes. I think at some point, probably the top, the Power Five programs yeah. at some point will break off. Um, mm-hmm. The one thing you have to keep in mind is any change that occurs 
you have to understand basketball is chump change compared to football. Yeah. Yeah. So any change that occurs will be powered by the vehicle of football. So is that what drives it? Is that football, um, that football just the top, those power five programs just break away and they want to pay their student athletes and they want to, they, you know, it's very interesting. Because one thing you have to understand in that dynamic between football and basketball, the, the difference in that is that in football, the conferences have all the power. Because the SEC has the has the has the rights that has the rights has the deal with CBS. Uh, SEC has the has their conference championship game rights that they can put on. They have their BCS title. They have the BCS money that they get. The conferences have all the power in football. In basketball, the NCAA has all the power because that's where the that's the TV money that their deal with Turner Sports to televise the tournament. That's that's how who has all the money. But you just have to keep in mind that what basketball generates is pure chump change. Yeah, yeah compared, it is. Pure yep. chump change compared to uh, compared to a football. I mean, the the numbers are strong, you know, just unbelievable. The the if we could, you know, Pete Thamel had a great thing where he said the craziest bowl game you can you can think of, like you know the the dumbest one, the car daddy, the whatever dot com bowl, whatever <laughs> one you want to name. I guarantee you. It is fact. It was if you took that the TV viewership, it was in the top ten of any regular season college basketball game. If you took that bowl game, it was in the top ten. It was a higher ranked game than Michigan, Michigan State. It was higher ranked than Duke, North Carolina. That's just the power of football. We need to understand that. So any change will be driven by that. So do I? Your question will it take on a European model. I think it will be. I think there will be changes. I think at some point, um, USA basketball will. Um, take the development of 15 best players of any age group into their own hands a little bit. I don't know exactly what's that, what that's going to look like, but I think at some point there's going to be delineation between those elite players and trying to um, send them into the best model in terms of development. And I think it might be good for the game, too. I really do. I think that aspect. Um, so I think at some point those top 65 money-generating programs will break away. Um, and I don't know if that's going to be just for uh, – I don't know if that will be – for basketball, it will be football only. That's my prognosis. Yeah, I don't think you're far off, man. Um, last question I have for you, and then you can uh, go eat dinner. Uh, how, how oh God, if I gotta make it at this point? <laughs> how if uh, if you have it all? Um, have you adjusted your process in recruiting since being at Army? You know, I, I know that they don't have technical athletic scholarships, and you're allowed. You know, I think I looked on your roster; there was 25 guys. Um, how has that differed from you know Maine, Iona, and, and FDU? You know, I'm. It's a great question, and I'm so much better as a result. Um, because we're not restricted by athletic scholarships, we're not restricted to the 13 athletic scholarships that everyone else in Division One, other than the other service academies, are restricted to. That you know, at University of Maine, you know, that's one thing that you know evens the playing field between University of Maine and um, you know Albany and North Carolina. Is they only have 13 scholarships to use. Here with service academies, we're not limited to that because everyone has is on full act. Uh, academic scholarship that's at the school so with that you end up bringing slightly larger class sizes and you have a bigger roster size so because of that fact combined with because the unique product um that you are offering and the unique uh opportunity you're offering i should say um 
in that it's not for everyone. You just end up recruiting so many people and you end up uh, being told no more than anyone else in the country, I should say. So because of that, you need to be so much more organized in that you need to be efficient, you need to be organized, you need to, um, you, you know, here at West Point, we do have the ability to have another assistant on the road, so we have four assistants, but we are just canvassing the entire country because truly we have a national brand and truly um, it's something that we have the ability to do is we have the ability to go recruit Texas and California and all parts of the country. So we need to do the best we can to canvass the area. So it's really helped me because not only have I become more efficient and organized in recruiting, but also in the day, and I don't want to sound like it's hollow and it's not genuine. At the end of the day, it's also sales, and you need yeah. to find a way to tell a story and sell someone on your on the opportunity you have at, at Army. Because I think very few people, when they begin the, the recruiting process, I think this might surprise some people. Very few of our players, I would say none of our players, began the recruiting process saying, I want to go to a service academy. Yeah. They're good basketball players. They're good students um, that I, you know, we came across of. And someone might say, "Hey, that kid could be a military service academy kid." He wouldn't run away from it. And you know, we called them. We saw him at a tournament, and we kept calling him, kept talking to him, kept showing him the value of the service. I mean, the value of West Point education. And that's what you know. That's that's how the majority of our roster's recruitment played out. So my point is this, is it not only has helped me in terms of getting more organized, more efficient, but it's also really helped me um, sell. And it's helped me that there is a way to package what we, the, the opportunity we have here. And you just have to figure out the way to package it. And you have to make it, um, you have to make kids and their parents see the value in what you are offering. Yeah. And then, and obviously, uh, you know, I think it's, it's not an easy sell, but the value is so obvious. Um, and you just, like you said, you just got to find the the right type of kid and and kind of get him to understand it. And yeah. and then it, then after that, it's it, it's probably it's almost like you know a, a light bulb goes off. Yeah, and it's also you know what, but it's also Paul too is it's it, it's not it's not for everyone. Yeah. Um, but yep. the people it's for, like it, it can really click with them and say this is what I want to do. So at the end of the day, you just you, you need to hit the phones. You need to you need to make more calls. You need to. And you need to find the guys that fit what we're trying to do and fit uh, what the service academy is about. And I think those people that really identify with it, they love it, and they get here, and they really uh, prosper. Yep. No, absolutely, man. Um, all right, well, we'll let, we'll let you get out of here on that and, and get some dinner. We really appreciate it, man. If you need any more uh, fans wearing Army at uh, Cameron Indoor, you let me know, and I'll get down there I for like that it. game. It's going to be fun down there. <laughs> uh, Veterans Day. Uh, on Sunday, we'll, you know, it'll be fun going against them. So uh, it'll be a great game. So we're, uh, our guys are obviously looking forward to it. Yeah, no, that'll be great, man. And uh, you know, we'll we'll try and get a, up to a game here. I know you guys are at uh, the Browns. Yeah, we're not far like, away. You, you know, we were just saying it's not it's bad, not, man. It's not that far away from the city, so let me know. Fire I know. Trailblazer up. And we'll yeah, right. Not too bad, man. Not too bad. But again, thank you, Coach. We really appreciate it, man. Best of luck this year, and uh, you know, we'll have you on again here soon. I, I appreciate you having me. This is fun. See you, Coach. Thanks, Zach. Have a good one. Big shout out and thank you to uh, Zach Bovere from Army West Point. That was uh, fantastic. Really appreciate it. Uh, well, we will be having you on again soon. Good luck this year. And we're going to um, go up there. Yeah, we. I know. It's only an hour and 15 minutes, it says. So tickets uh, will be on you, Coach, and we will be up there soon. Uh, we're going to have a lot more content for you guys coming up here soon. Uh, episode 29, hopefully coming up here soon. Yeah. Another guest. 
next week yeah. we're going to get Another a surprise uh, guest. a reliable uh, reliable schedule for you guys. But have some names lined up. If you have anyone you want on the podcast that knows what they're talking about. Hit our DMs one time. Slide in. Um, DMs are super dry right now. Yeah. And uh, Oh, and before further ado, want to give a, a Greenlight Podcast congratulations to the co-host, Paul oh, Connor. Man, wow. Yeah, I got to wear something on my hand now. We have an engagement on our hands, and there will be a Greenlight Podcast wedding there in the near future. We're going to do a live podcast from the wedding. We're going to get a mic on the altar. Right. Where it Columbus, Ohio. Ohio. It's the Greenlight Green Podcast. Green yeah, I'm sure that uh, no, none of y'all need to hear that. It'll be a quick, di- it'll be a quick divorce. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, we'll go from there. So exciting things ahead. Excited to be back on the mic and uh, looking forward to uh, this college basketball season. But Until next time, keep the ball bouncing. Deuces. Lately I've been feeling like this is what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss, then tell me what you're working for. Certain doors are closed, but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Pull, slush, rust, souls up next, and I got this. Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.